now for the holidays on DVD and video. Episode 90 for December 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have dozens of great presents for the comic fan and your family. The Spider Spotlight for this episode is the Spider-Man Gauntlet hardcover. The cover price is $25. bucks. mail order has it for $14.99, which is 40% off the cover price. They also have several comics this month for 75% off the cover. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Okay, review time, guys. Four issues this month. We've got uh, 610, 611, 612, and 613. We're starting off with 610, uh, written by Mr. Guggenheim, wrapping up Who Was Ben Riley. JR, do you remember who was Ben Riley? What did you think of this issue? Well, I knew who Ben Riley was all the time, but uh, I didn't know exactly uh, what purpose this story served. Uh, the... Um, this was if, if this was their idea of bringing back Kane for a big story, they completely blew it. I mean, this this was a, you know, all the build up to the return of Kane, return of the Clone Saga. You know, basically this is a this is a very average, unmemorable story, uh, totally predictable. You knew that it was going to be Kane that was either going to be directly or indirectly responsible for the death of Damon Ryder's family. Um, and then of course we get a, yet another worthless appearance by Screwball. <laughs> I'm going to pick up, I'm as anxious to pick up her miniseries as I will be when I get done reading the Jackpot miniseries. <laughs> um, this, this, this was a C minus all along. Uh, nothing, uh, uh, you know, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you think of this one? Um, I wish I had more of an emotional attachment to the story, but I never read the Clone Saga. Uh, I'm going to be reading the trades, but. I think that kind of hurt my appreciation for it. I just think my my biggest problem was at the end, it was just like Peter was just like, well, Ben wouldn't kill because I wouldn't kill. And I'm like, wow, you, you, you went like three, four issues to get to this point. Um, it wasn't a bad issue on a technical level. The writing was pretty strong. I liked the flashbacks. But in the end, it's just like, meh. And I, I, I freaking hate Screwball. I hate that character. I hate that character. I hate that character. So I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a B minus, only because I, I, I think that if I was a fan of the Clone Saga, I would have gotten a little more out of it. Yeah. Stella, what do you think? Um, you know, I don't know Ben Riley, his character very well, but just. Um, those moments where they're flashing back and he is going nuclear on that guy, just his anger level, it seems like it's a bit over the top. I can see why he's getting angry, but it just seemed extremely dramatic. So that was my negative. Positive-wise, I actually thought that the ridiculous nature of the deus ex machina of speedball coming in was so ridiculous that it sort of made me laugh. <laughs> um, but overall, I give the issue a C. It was still an eh kind of issue yeah. for me. Kev? It was okay, uh, but it just didn't really provoke much of a response in me. And uh, kind of opposite to Michael, I have read the original Clone Saga, and I was feeling like I wish I hadn't before reading this, because <laughs> it's the same story that I saw 
what, three, four times during the original Clone Saga. So it's an okay story. It's just that I've read it before. So I'm, I'm going to give it a C. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a B minus. Uh, I'm pretty much agree with everybody, but I think they will come out with a screwball miniseries. And I don't know who will buy it, because what's the quote you gave me, Kevin? If, if Brad remember. Douglas won't buy it, who the hell will? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Brad Douglas won't buy a Marvel comic, Marvel oh, should print it. I just, I just don't get it. I, 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 I like the flashbacks, having Luke Ross it, drawing some of it. It evokes some of the Clone Saga, because he drew some of it. Uh, the villain, I just don't really care about. Uh, I'm, I'm happy Kane's back. I don't really understand the last panel. Is he breaking his neck? What is he doing with Raptor? Did you guys get that? I thought he was killing him. I thought he was killing him, too, but the end. That was really happy about, by the way. I thought that was an awesome choice. <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't get it. Um, B minus, I mean, it was nice to go back and visit the Clone Saga, but everybody wants Ben Riley back. Uh, but they don't, they want him back better than this, I think. I, I mean, I know Zach's on the show to attest to this, but uh, I think they could have done something a little bit better than four issues, and then we probably won't see Kane for another few years. But this wasn't about, and see, the thing was, this wasn't about the clone saga, Mm -hmm. or this wasn't about that that agonizing period of Peter's life, or his pained relationship with Kane, or anything. And it was it was incidental to the story. Yeah, I mean, why? It was a utter, it was an utter waste, just complete utter waste. Yeah. So B minus out of me. I didn't hate it. I've read a lot worse issues, which we're going to be talking about next, which is Amazing Spider-Man 611, written by (laughs) Mr. Uh, Kelly. And what's the guy artist's name? Mr. Kennedy? Is that his name? Eric Kennett. Kennett. Are you kidding me? That's his name's Eric Kennett. That's my. That's the sportscaster that works at my station. His name is Eric Kennett. That's hilarious. That's, the, the pronunciation is just a guess, so but that is... Anyway, uh, let's start off with Stella. What did you think of this issue? Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to... If I were to pick one negative, I guess it would be the art. I actually really like the cover, but that's noticeably by Scotty Young. But once you get inside, um, I didn't really like it. Um, to be honest, I was actually somewhat entertained by this. Um, you know, we start off really good when Spider-Man mentions the price of a decent cup and that he doesn't want a, a broken spider sack. And I think the back and forth between uh, Spidey and Deadpool was um, right on, but I think they do go a little too far with the sort of showdown in the basketball courts. But I was more entertained by this issue than... Um, than a previous issue, so I would actually give it a B. A B? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bailey? Um, we're trying to not be as negative. So <laughs> yeah, give it a, give it a pro sh- and a con. We'll be uh, to, uh, to illustrate, this was the shortest review I ever wrote for the site because I just couldn't bring myself to spew that much bile. <laughs> uh, pro, uh, Spider-Man didn't die. Con... <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Kelly is so hit and miss with me, and this was a definite miss, but the biggest con was the freaking art. It just drove me up the wall. I just, I, I, I am not a person that will sit there and bash an artist because I can't draw. I don't have that ability. I don't have a trained eye for it either. But, you know... I know what I like, and I didn't like this. I thought it, I, I thought Spider-Man looked goofy. I didn't like Deadpool. I am giving this a solid F. Wow. Um, have you given an F before? 
Yeah. Uh, well, yes, to uh, to 605. Now, this was better than 605, but that's like saying that time I broke my hand was a lot better <laughs> than the time that I got killed in a car accident. So, okay. Yeah. I'm interested in JR's opinion on this one. What do you think, sir? Are you a Deadpool fan, first off, JR? Uh, no, Deadpool strikes me as a character that a, a little goes a long way with yeah. him, uh, as far as, and you just have to, um, I mean, you just have to like that kind of character. Uh, what I saw here did not make me want to run, go and re, run out and buy any Deadpool issues. Um, you know, this, this was not easy on the eyes. I could barely read the story because the art was so bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, fortunately though, I wasn't the intended audience for it. Uh, Steve Wacker is the only <laughs> intended audience for any of this art. <laughs> and he said so himself, folks. That's a direct quote. That's, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, th- this, this was awful. I mean, it was, it was, uh, um, I didn't like the jokes. Um, I didn't like the, uh, I didn't like the setup. Um, I just, uh, it was a throwaway issue. I mean, and uh, it, it it just served no purpose. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, it it would be more useful as a roll of toilet paper than a comic wow. book. Um, so the only reason I'm not giving it an F is because I don't think it was deliberately bad. Where I'm, I'm positive there are issues of Spider-Man out there that are deliberately bad or deliberately written to piss us off. But this one gets a D from is me. Is there any pro to it? No, no, no. Okay. no. Kevin, pro con grade. What do you think? Okay. Um, you know I hate Deadpool, and you know I hate unrealistic art, so you're going to shit your pants, but I thought this was the best issue of the month. Wow. Um, I hated the art when I saw just a preview page of it, but when I actually got into the issue, it fit. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted this art on uh, the Who Was Ben Riley arc or something, but for this very Deadpool-centric issue, it just it, it fit. It was silly, and that's what it was. And overall, uh, you know, it was just... Kind of a breezy but fairly entertaining issue, I thought. Nothing too heavy, but um, the biggest uh, con I would give would be the Yo Mama thing at the end. I thought was dumb and didn't make me laugh. But but yeah, I thought it was an entertaining enough issue, which I think is all it was really intended to be. Uh, for me, I'll give it uh, a D. I think the s- story is a C. I, I thought Mr. Kelly did a good job of the dialogue. I like. I think if Spider-Man and Deadpool did team up. Yo Mama jokes would come out. I think they're just too sarcastic to not go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they'd be funny, Yo Mama jokes. <laughs> um, but I, I think the the F is for the artwork. I just I think this is absolutely the worst artwork that's ever appeared in Amazing Spider-Man ever. Jared, can you name an artist worse than this that's ever been in the title? Well, let's see. Humberto Ramos comes pretty I close. I think he's sometimes. better than this. Then, then there was Jim Mafood, uh, mm. in the, uh, MTV Beach Party. That was story. Peter Parker, though. I can name worse. Though. Oh, I see. I mean, right. talking amazing. I don't know his name, but the oh, Black amazing. Cat backup story in the very next issue, that's, that's worse art to me. Well, anyway, C for the story. I, I, I like that the, the Kravenovs were distracting Spider-Man to, to, uh, do a plan and, and go around him and distract him. I thought that was kind of creative. It's nice to see Maddie Franklin back. Doing something besides being a hooker and alias. Uh, <laughs> well, you're the one then that's glad to see her back. So. <laughs> well, it looks like they're going to do something to her, so that's that's nice. Uh, the artwork just an F. I mean, epic fail. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just awful artwork. I wish who, Stella. Who's the guy that did the cover? Scotty Young. It, that would have been great artwork for this story, I would think. But uh, D out of me. 
Uh, all right, we're moving on to the Gauntlet. Uh, six twelve. Uh, this book was four bucks because it has two stories in it. Uh, the Gauntlet begins by Mark Wade and Paul as uh, Tekka, and a backup by Joe. I I always screw that name up. I'm sorry, Stella. How do you say it? As a uh-huh. as a Cita. Why are as you asking? Will you giggle? Yeah. I <laughs> Um, and a black up, uh, story, a black, a black up a ba- story, a backup black cat story by Joe Kelly and, uh, Jim Ken Numra. Whew. Uh, who have we started with? Uh, Stella, have we started with you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What's, um, are we doing both issues at once here? Yeah, Six, yeah you can. Feel free. Um, which is fine because... Not much difference. Um, the Electro story, the lead story in 612, and the whole story in 613, uh, it, 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 it was just kind of there for me. Um, I, I didn't, didn't really take anything away from it, um, but it, it, it wasn't terrible. I'd give it a flat C. Uh, I thought the art was fine, not great. It was just like the story. It was just kind of sitting there. Um, so, yeah, this is not a great kickoff to the gauntlet because it didn't get me jazzed. But, again, it wasn't terrible, so it's just a C. Um, that's Ghost for 612 and 613. The backup in 612 I thought was just god-awful. Um, the art, the art, the art, the art, that would have looked at home in something like Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, where the characters are intended to be children. Um, (laughs) but all the characters looked like children in this, which was really disturbing, because this may be the most outright sexual dialogue uh, just talking about sex and, and uh, in a Spider-Man issue I've ever seen. So to have the characters all look roughly 10 or 11 was what's the, yeah, outright disturbing. What's an example? I don't remember it being really sexy. Well, you know, I'm not talking about outright, you know, saying uh, dirty words or anything, yeah. but pretty much the entire story was about Black Cat and Spider-Man wow. being fuck buddies and uh, can wow. we you know, have sex and Here the- uh, just him thinking about it through the whole thing. And even I don't remember any specific quotes, but even with Nora, she was alluding to it a couple of times. So it just it seemed weird. It was Fra- a really weird choice. Fra- quote frater- uh, fraternizing all over his pants. Grow up, Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. There's a there's an example. Yeah, and I kept talking about special hug and all that kind of stuff. Wow, and we still have our clothes on. You're good. Yeah. I got it. I'm seeing it now. So, so yeah, it's not overt, but it is, uh, like I say, I think they're talking about sex more than anything I've ever seen in Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of the art, and I didn't like the story either. I'd give this a D-. minus. Wow. Okay, uh, Bailey, 612, 613. 612 and 613, I, I actually like the story. Mm-hmm. Especially 613. I felt 613 was the closest we've gotten in a long time to a classic Spider-Man story. Outside of the two pages with Michelle, you know, it was it was Peter getting away from and uh, you know a bunch of people who don't like him in the beginning. It was a villain whose revamp actually felt organic to me, unlike Doc Ock, which felt very tacked on to issue 600. You know, he was playing with a little gizmo to track down Electro. This this felt old school to me, and I think that made me like it. Uh, even though I'm not really a huge fan of the art, I even kind of liked the art. So while the first part was, I, I was like pretty, you know, I liked, it was the second part that really made me go, wow, I'm really interested to see where this story goes. Problem with that is, is every time I get like that, that's when the story tanks in the last part, so I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> 
But uh, as far as that backup, wow, it was like the useless, most useless eight pages I have ever seen. Did 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 did, uh, did Wacker owe Kelly a favor or something? Because basically the point of that entire story was we could be friends with benefits, and oh, the black cat is a nice person and can help a, a woman in need. Uh, and it really was the art that killed it. The story itself wasn't horrible, but it, but I am not a fan of manga-esque art. Yeah. I never have been. I never will be. It's gonna, you know, Ramos was the exception because with most of the things he drew, like Impulse, which I was a very big fan of, that was the style of the character. But Spider-Man, to me, Spider-Man doesn't work in manga. It, it really doesn't. I, I, I you know, I am a, I'm a Ramita Ditko, you know, uh, you know, even McFarlane fan. So, I would say overall B, solid B. Okay. Um, can I? Bailey brings up a point of a question I want to pose to the panel here. Um, he says that the the thing with Electro was organic. Does anybody know why Electro's powers were kind of going haywire there? Did I miss the explanation? Mm. As far as I know, there was no explanation. He, he always fluctuates, I think. I mean, he's hot and cold. I, it just seemed kind of out of nowhere to me, and I kept looking for an explanation and not finding it. I mean, it. like, so, there, I was wondering during I the, the Falco Steve Gross issue, he got a power boost. I think he's coming down off of that, is what I just assumed. I don't know. Fair enough, fair enough. I just didn't see anything about it in the issues, and I was curious. JR yeah. 612, 613, what do you think? Well... <laughs> You know, the thing is, uh, the story itself wasn't bad per se, but one, it's been done before. We, we had an electro power up back in around issue 425 or something. I think it was the, the uh, DeFalco era. And, you know, I, and I know that nobody likes old guys bringing up something that was done hundreds of issues ago, and that's a valid point, okay? But the problem was, it was done better. You got a, a lot better look into electro, his background, his motivations, kind of the tortured human being he was. You know, this is just, you know, plug him in and juice him up. Um, and then and then there's all the other little, you know, there's the things with Michelle again. Oh, Peter really didn't get drunk. She just was, what, sp- spritzing apple ginger or whatever the hell that is. So he really wasn't drunk. Another case of fierce backpedaling. There's no other no other doubt about it. And then, you know, Aunt May and, and her old her old husband show up and, you know, for about five seconds so Michelle can insult them. You know, I mean, what's the point? You know, wasted ink, wasted paper. I didn't like the art, and I also didn't like Steve Wacker's long, tortured explanation for, you know, why Peter is the way he is uh, in the back of issue 612. So um, these, these, get a, these get a C from me. So And the backup story in that one issue was all, I mean, the... I agree. I mean, I haven't seen art this bad since Fred Hembeck, Hembeck <laughs> drew that issue of Amazing Spectacular 87 yep. because I was wondering, is this story really in continuity? Are we really going to see Felicia in this disguise? Because the art is so bad. It's like, I, I don't know, this almost sounds like a a, a, a knockoff, uh, you know, like a, an aimed toothpaste type issue. It really didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, this, this gets a thumbs down from Stella, me. Stella, 612, 613. 
Um, I think it really increased uh, the one uh, to the next one because the transitions that were happening in 612 I thought were really poor. Um, one of the problems I have is this political activism of Electro, and I'm just wondering that if all these revamps of classical characters are going to go back to somehow um, make us have a lot of sympathy for them. It sort of started with Venom and Eddie Brock, and now it's gone to Electro, making them sort of a good guy. The other problem I had was, of course, we're continuing this um, oversexed characterization of people. The Betty Brandt, number one, her tatas are huge in that one panel. Number two, when she's stretching, you can see her belly. No one would wear a shirt that uh, short, and I don't think she what, would either. What is she? Probably- 6'12"? Yeah. Yeah, we're and all looking for it. Yeah, right I am. Now. I am. Yeah. <laughs> One of the more professional what panel. What cats. panel? How many? Oh, my word. I, I, I'd have to look. Um, for 613, my main problem is the Michelle issue. Um, I think it's just getting old oh, for that. hatred. It's sort of, you know, you need to move on, I think. Um, uh, and, you know, the backup, I kind of liked it. I think it was mainly because I do really like Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, and I wasn't really looking at all the uh, sexual innuendo, and I kind of thought, well, maybe they're trying to paint Black uh, Cat as more of a character and less as a sex object, but now all these, like, negative reviews coming for you has um, sort of tainted that. But overall, I think I would um, give 612 a C and 613 a B. Okay, um, for me, B's on both of them. I liked them. Uh, I, I agree with Bailey. It does seem like a classic Spider-Man story going forward. The art is a little bit off, but it isn't taking me out of the story too much. Uh, the only problem I had with the art a little bit is Peter looks like a 50-year-old man in the Michelle scenes. He really just looks out of shape. I mean, he's got a gut on him. Um, the con... I, I totally agree with Gr. The editors should not have to explain in the letters column what the hell the story was about. The Van Lenty rape, <laughs> they, they haven't explained that it wasn't a rape, and it was open to interpretation. And the majority of the people on this panel, I think, think she was raped by the chameleon. Do, I mean, if we go back to the podcast from months ago, we think she was raped. I don't think an editor... His place is to say, no, this is what actually happened. You just read it wrong. I, I just think that's that really just kind of ticked me off. Did it tick you guys off reading the letter column? I didn't read the letter column, and apparently, you know, you're supposed to just be able to read the comic, but evidently exactly. I'm missing something by not reading the letter column. Steve Weicker took a page, two pages, to explain to us what happened. And it, it just really kind of upset me a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not going to be in the trade, so... Exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't really have much to say about the issues, so I went to the Steve Wacker. <laughs> I had to talk about something. Jerry, what do you but... think of him telling us what we interpret? Well, you know, I, 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 re- I just read it real quick. Uh, to be honest with you, I avoided reading this thing because I knew it was a tortured explanation. They mm-hmm. got caught, basically. That's all it is. They got caught with the, the drunken sex thing. And they got a fierce backlash, and so now they're trying to backpedal, you know. And they're talking about, you know, Peter makes mistakes, and Peter does this, and you know, it just. And I just, it's very disingenuous to me. You got caught, okay? Admit it, okay? We we went too far. We pushed the envelope too far, you know. We're we're indulging our our fanboy fantasies a bit too much, you know. But uh, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, basically, that's the, the 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 writing is getting out of hand. 
and they're now they're realizing maybe they have to rein it in. So they give these give these stupid explanations of her actually spiking his punch with punch. I don't know. <laughs> here's my I'm sorry. So, here's my problem with, with with the whole backlash and the backpedaling is that. I am sick and tired of writers and editors blaming the readers. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm absolutely sick of it. And, and, and you know what? We talked about this in our various Skype chats, but I wanted to bring it up on the show, is that Steve Wacker saying that we are not the customer for the art he is, is like me at my work saying the customer is not the, the person buying the HP computer we are because we buy the computer from HP, and that's a that's that's a crock. We are the customer. We are the ones paying for the book. Therefore, we are the ones paying Steve Wacker's salary in a really roundabout way. And to sit there and say, you know, well, it doesn't matter what you think because I like it. You know, it's basically saying I don't give a crap what you think. I'm doing this for me, and that's a shitty way to run a comic book business but see I, I agree with you michael but i almost i don't even know that he actually means it i mean he he was to me he was more mad that his decision to go with this guy was wildly unpopular and so he was acting like the five-year-old that he accuses most spider-man internet posters of being i mean he was reacting in an illogical emotional way you know, which he always accuses us of doing because he got caught making an unpopular decision. So I don't even, you know, so that that thing he said about not, you know, us not being the customer. I mean, that, that I, I don't even know if he half meant that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, so. I just that just really ticked me off in the issue. And as far as the backup, I don't remember what happened. I read it like two weeks ago and I don't remember what happened. That ought to tell you something. <laughs> it was innuendo, 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 innuendo. Black Cat has a secret identity at the mayor's office. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that one. All right. Well, oh, and she's a really nice person. <laughs> we're moving on to message board questions. Uh, we're ta- tackling Crazy Chris first. Uh, his first one is, panel members in your 20s. That's Stella and Kevin. <laughs> How important is it, is it to you that you can identify with Peter Parker as someone in your age group? If it is important, do you have any thoughts on runs that achieve this better than others? Um, shall I tackle that one first? Yeah. Um, it's not important at all, and I'm not just talking about for Peter Parker, but for any character that I enjoy in comics. I can identify – most of the characters I read are people that I in some way identify with. I, I read Ron Mars's Witchblade, and I identify with – Sarah Pizzini, who is a, you know, probably about 30-year-old female cop. And there's absolutely nothing about that that is in any way like me. And yet, because of the kind of character she is, the kind of person she is, the struggles she has, mostly mentally, I can identify with her when I read that. With Spider-Man, I was first introduced through the 90s TV series when I was about 10 years old, and he was going to college. And then he got married. Again, this does not really relate to me, but I identified with him. I started reading the comics. He was married. And, again, I identified with him. Having nothing to do with the marriage, it's who he is. So it's not important at all. And the idea that making him closer to my situation 
uh, would make him more relatable is uh, it's actually backwards because they've put him closer to my situation, but they've made him a character that I can't really identify with because he's no longer that much like me mentally. Stella? Um, and Yeah, I would say the age really isn't... Um, I don't really identify with his age, but really his characterization, as Kevin is saying. Um, you know, when we get at this guy that's really sensitive and helping... Uh, or the only one who is with Betty Brand on her birthday, like that's the kind of guy, you know, um, that I could see myself, you know, having some sort of like friendship or whatever with. But age-wise, you know, it always fluctuates. At some point, I'm going to be 50, and he's still going to be like 25. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't think it matters as much. Uh, panel members in your 30s, which is me and Bailey. Is there anything that the comics of this almost complete decade did better than those of any decade you lived through? Go ahead, Michael. Coloring was really cool. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The the computer coloring effects have really raised the bar yeah. in in, in, cer- in doing certain artistic effects that I think are kind of neat. Um, I, I can't say that they're doing the stories better because it has just completely changed from the stories that I like to read. Instead of having you know the creators just throwing everything out there, you know, trying to get an audience, trying to develop, uh, you know, a continuity. You know, they're now writing stories to set up another story that's going to set up another story that's going to set up another story. So the plot point you dropped a year ago isn't going to get resolved until five years ago, and I don't have the patience for that. You know, there, there are certain ways that the writing is better, but it's it's it's, I can't say that, I can't say that comics are done any better in this decade than they were in the 90s or yeah. the 80s or the 70s because I like certain aspects of all of those uh, decades and the comics that came out in them. My answer for this one is I think this decade, the comics haven't done it, but the company has done it in the fact that they've marketed Spider-Man better than any decade than they've ever done. They've had movies. They've had television shows. I mean, cartoons. Uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing Spider-Man on something. The company Marvel has been very successful this past decade of putting Spider-Man out there more than any other, and I, I think he's ever been in his 40 to 50 year history. Uh, panel members in your 40s. How many we got on that one, JR? <laughs> What's your favorite dead comic book creator? <laughs> All right, I want to know what the deal is here. The assumption is because I'm over 40, I'm close, I'm assumed to be closer to death than the rest of you. So I sit around thinking about my favorite dead people. Like I'm making a list of people that if I go to heaven or hell or whatever, I'm going to go talk to because I'm going to die soon. Uh, uh, Jack Kirby. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a favorite dead comic book creator, but I do have a favorite dead comic creator, and that is, without a doubt, the great Charles Schultz. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, B-Dog from Canada, aiming at Kevin. Can you give listeners a little preview of what we should expect from Crawl Space in the coming months? Um, hoping you can expect Crawl Space number eight in the coming months. Fingers crossed, people. Uh, uh, you're getting I think you pretty much know what's coming at this point you're getting the last part of Spider-Man Black and the next one um, after that there's a three part story from number 9 to 11 that has a lot of Harry Osborn it has Peter Parker running Oscorp it has uh, Mary Jane moving towards her new job it has the entrance of Black Cat as an ongoing supporting character uh, pretty big for a three part story Okay. Uh, to everyone, anybody pick up anything cool in this holiday shopping season? Anybody? 
I uh, no, not really. Um, <laughs> not really for the holidays, but yesterday I scored. All right. Full runs of the. Oh, well, oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Good job, Michael. <laughs> After eight years of marriage, you scored <laughs> out of the park, baby. Uh, <laughs> at least my wife still likes me. Oh. Um, Oh. oh, oh! Well, well, wait, wait till after fifteen years. <laughs> swear to God, swear to God, Jr. Every time my wife watches Jeff Dunham, I see Walter. I'm like, <laughs> that should be your avatar. I swear. To God. It but, may uh, be. even though you have more hair. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I managed to get for a really reasonable price from a buddy of mine full runs of the first Marvel Star Trek series. The first DC Star Trek series and most of the second DC Trek series and the next gen series plus Sandman Mystery Theater and a couple other little holes that I needed filling. So I was, I was, I was pretty happy with that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not any insane deal because we're not really spending a lot of money on Christmas this year, but Mm -hmm. this was something to help a buddy of mine out with. So. Uh, so I was happy with that. Uh, Kevin, do you think the art in the Electro arc of Spidey would have been better if the colors were rendered and not just flats? I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, you can see in the art it was pretty flat. Um, but it's, it's, it's t- technical coloring stuff that's somewhat even over my head. But, um, I don't know. The art itself seemed to just be a little flat before the coloring. It's, I, I think it's the kind of art that would have gone better in something like uh, criminal like a crime comic than it would in Spider-Man, but you know, I, th- I think it was fine. I don't know. Stella, what video games do you plan on picking up this year? Um, I assume by this year he means 2010, because um, I probably won't buy anything before that, um, and probably God of War 3 is the only one that's on my list right hmm. now. Uh, let's see. Kevin, will you ever buy a PS3? Nope. <laughs> BD, any plan? new plans for the website? Um, I changed web hosts. That was enough of a change. Nobody saw it, but good God, I'm done. Uh, we saw it. We saw it. <laughs> that wore me out. And thanks all. I got, uh, I have a Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, I answer your question, B-Dog. Not really. Um, I just plan on keeping a, a daily updated site. I think that really was successful this year and it drew more people than I've ever had in over 10 years. So trying to keep daily updates. Uh, six, six, six and a half from the meth capital of California. JR, do an impression of Norman Osborn and Obadiah, meaning Santa Claus. <laughs> do, do people think, really think that my impressions are funny? I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, They're well, always hilarious. They are. Well, I, now let me, tr- let me try, okay. although it's a little different than what he asked for. Okay, imagine, imagine, uh, oh, the, um, <laughs> you know, a, uh, department store Santa Claus or whatever, and, uh, Norman is standing in line while the Christmas music is playing. So he goes, <clears throat> uh, normally I don't do this, but, uh, I really need an edge on Obadiah Stain for the next government contract, and I'm running out of ideas. So if it means I have to sit on some old fat pervert's lap, then I guess that's what I'm gonna have to do. Uh, mister, mister, are you an L? What? Are you dense? Are you retarded or something? Who the hell do you think I am? I'm the goddamn Green Goblin! Uh. <laughs> Jerry, we were all muted. We were all muted. That's oh. very good. Very good, <laughs> I sir. I that one went over flat because anyway. No, no, it, it oh, went oh. over great. I was laughing, but oh. Mike was muted. 
Very good. Yeah, I just I know people like to cut these things out and listen to them and everything, so I didn't want to be laughing through the whole thing. Uh, but drink I it. Left. Drink it. Uh, Walter. Oh, oh, it's my turn now. <clears throat> what do you want, little boy? Oh shit. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's like a like a little PS on the end of that little present. I love that. That was nice. <laughs> uh, T.S. Champ, Walter, uh, questions for everybody. We've got five people here. We'll each take one. Uh, J.R., what do you want for Christmas? Uh, a winning Mega Millions ticket. Stella, what was the, the best thing that happened this past year for you? Um, I had a boyfriend for two months. Oh. And uh, <laughs> what happened? What? <laughs> you, you broke up? You good? What happened? You okay? Oh, yeah, we're no longer Aww. dating. But it was a good time. Well, All you know. Right. Uh, Kevin, what was the worst thing that happened besides Stella breaking up with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, that, that would be my terrible loss at the Jeopardy just now. Uh, Michael, what's your New Year's resolution? <sighs> There's so many. Um in all honesty, I would have to say my New Year's resolution is to not put so much on my plate, hmm. uh, both in terms of what I do online and my eating habits. Ah. Uh, so. To me, what is your main goal for the next year? Uh, to be a supportive uh, husband and great new dad. How about that? Oh, <laughs> Lady Spider from Towns and MD. Is this a chick, really, or is this a guy? Lady Spider, this person. Do we know? I, I haven't met her. Okay. I, All right. <laughs> I don't know. Damn it, champ. Okay. Shit, that's not a question. Kevin, what is your <laughs> Kevin? What is your least favorite thing when you see or read fanfic on the web? I'm sure this should be obvious, but shitty writing. There, there's a lot of shitty writing on the internet because anybody can post. True. With an internet connection and a keyboard. You got it. And of course, you don't ever like to see the Spider-Man teams up with Dragon Ball Z fanfics, but... Stella, what can't... What did... Stella, damn it. <laughs> Stella, what did you do for Thanksgiving since your friends are out of college? Also, Stella, what was your introduction to Spidey since you're one and only girl in the cast and the representative of the girls on the website? Thanks. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, that's multi-layered. What'd you do for Thanksgiving? Oh, I went home. We we sort of have a shortened break um, now. They cut off Monday and Tuesday for okay. us. Um, so I went home, spent some time with my parents, and then we all went over um, to have Thanksgiving with my brother, sister-in-law, and little man. And Matt. how were you introduced to Spidey? Um, it was pretty much through my brother. Um, he got me into superheroes at a very young age, and then I sort of latched on to Spidey. I'm not sure when there was, like, a defining I love you moment, but he's pretty much the reason why. Oh, my God. JR gets another impersonation question. You want to do Emerald Lagasse, JR? <laughs> my answer to this is actually when I did the BAM, I didn't realize I was doing Emerald. I was just uh, responding to some other absurd thing that was going on. So, no, I, I really can't do Emerald because I... I don't know Emerald, so. <laughs> and he asks, how old do you think Peter Parker is in the supporting cast? Because he guesses 32. I think he's well, younger. Well, if technically he would be right. Yeah. Uh, he or she, whoever Lady Spider is, would be right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a, um, 
you know, that's a big bone of contention, obviously. I don't think, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm not so sure he should age anymore. I don't believe this crap that he's 25, but um, I do think that probably uh, his aging should stop. So uh, I don't know. If he's around 30, I'd say freeze him at 30 and leave him at Lady that. Lady Spider also asks, if Spider-Girl was taken over by a new art and writing team, do you think it would last any longer? Well, that's really a Spidey dude question, but in my opinion, uh, Tom DeFalco and Spider-Girl are synonymous. No Tom DeFalco, no Spider-Girl. Okay. Viper from Johannesburg, South Africa, BD. After seeing the page one of Amazing 612, do you think it's only a matter of time before Craven gets better and returns to menace the webhead once again? No, I don't think they're going to bring back Craven. I think they're building up the, the wife and the daughter too much to be baddies. Uh, plus, they'll probably introduce another son before they bring back Craven. I think everybody loves J.M. DeMatteis, and they wouldn't step on him like that. And, and I don't think DeMatteis would be back if they're going to screw him over by bringing back Craven. So, no. Mancer's no. They wouldn't step on DeMathis like that? Have you read about Harry Osborn? <laughs> that's true. Or Aunt May? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fuck it, they'll bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just really don't think they'll do that, but now that you guys brought that up, I still think they'll do it, but they will step on DeMathis. Uh, Stella and Brad, would you take the plunge and buy the WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 for PS3? Make that my unofficial recommendation for the month. Not a wrestling fan, so I wouldn't buy it. Would you, Stella? I used to love wrestling. My favorite was Hulk Hogan. It's kind of funny. I used to do all sorts of moves when I was younger. Um, but I would not buy it. Sorry. Two no's. Sorry, Viper. JR, how good did it make you feel to see Peter put the first dent in Norman's rear? I mean, near. Imp- <laughs> oh my Norman's gosh. near impenetrable public image heading into the siege. Well, first of all, the story didn't make me feel good at all because I was extremely disappointed with it. Uh, I, it was the, 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 the fight between Norman and Peter could have been between any two heroes and villains. There was really, it lacked the, uh, the personal element. It didn't last long enough. And the big thing was that he stole a zip drive. Ooh, you know, <laughs> he stole a friggin' zip drive and he unleashes it on the internet. I mean, come on, this guy's the friggin' Green Goblin. He's already got out of, he's already got out of mass murder. Yeah. I mean, after all, Marvel decided to reprint another story and not tell us, but still charge us an extra dollar. But anyway, that's another issue. Um, so, you know, th- th- no, no, very disappointing story. Michael, as of this writing, which book do you feel is delivering the goods, Amazing Spider-Man or Superman World of New Krypton? You know, I'm, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in World of New Krypton because as much as I like Greg Rucka as a writer, and as much as I've liked James Robinson's writing in the past, uh, I, I, this is a boring book. It's like nothing really happens. I mean, there, there's some bits of character, but it's just like, it's, it's just a lot of people sitting around talking. And that's not to say that that's a bad comic. It's just when you're, when you're making this like one of the linchpins of your big Superman event that's going on, I think something freaking amazing should happen in every issue. Yeah. And as, as far as amazing, I don't think it's really delivering the goods either because it's put out a lot of substandard books in the past six months. He also asks that you mentioned something on the Superman homepage about you dropped the Blackest Night. How come? I'm done with it. I, uh, I'm kind of done with DC in general. I mean, I, it's just, it, it's basically hit me that this is not my universe anymore and it's time to kind of 
close up shop, lock the door, leave the key under the mat for the next guy to come along and discover it and, and love it as their own. Are you coming back over to Marvel I mean, more? No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to back issues no. more. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it's like, it's not that Blackest Night is bad. It's not like the writing or the art in Blackest Night is bad. I just don't like the dark and depressing overtones to the DC universe to the point that Jimmy Palmiotti has to argue with Dan DiDio to make one title, Power Girl, a fun title and not have a dark and, and edgy edginess to it. I mean, if people are enjoying Blackest Night, God bless you. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to insult the book. I'm not going to say you're wrong to like it. It's just not for me. Kevin, how would it make you feel if a Crawl Space board member or anyone approached or contacted you about wanting to help collaborate with you on any kind of project as a penciler or writer for no other reason than just to be working with you? Um, obviously, great. I mean, I've uh, I've been lucky enough to have a few people from the boards approach me to do some work together, and that's led to some uh, several variant covers for Crawl Space coming out in the future, and. Uh, two artists on a uh, webcomic coming up next year and a couple other projects, too. So, yeah, it's always great. I'm always looking for new artists to collaborate with. Guyman442 from Colorado. JR, what do you think is on Norman's Christmas list? World control. There you go. Not world domination. He doesn't want to rule, but he wants to control. So that's his on his wish list. Stella, do you have a favorite musical or straight play? Um, musical-wise, I would say Wicked. Um, I cannot describe the happiness I felt when I saw that. Straight play, I would say, um, The Glass Menagerie. Okay, so what's your favorite gay play? <laughs> I think she said the producers. The producers. Well, by definition, are they all the, gay the plays? The producers, yeah. They, oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh, oh, uh-oh. Oh, you're pissing Bailey off. <laughs> Everyone, have you gone back and listened to the early podcasts, i.e. episode two? Negative. No. Negative. I haven't listened to those. I know episode one and two are kind of rough. I was, I didn't, haven't mastered the audio yet on those. Yeah, and, that's, and even with just us figuring the whole thing out and only three of us there, I'm betting it's more than just kind of rough, yeah, which is it's, probably why I haven't gone back and listened to them. True. Uh, Zach C. from Woodland Park, Colorado. Uh, anyone, uh, how often do you reread back issues? Bailey, you said you reread them a lot. That's what you're going back to. Yes, I do. Okay. Anybody else back issue guys? Only when I do research for essays. Yeah. I've I've recently got all the uh, trades of Jeff Johns' Flash run to read before he comes back to Flash next year. Uh, is Tangled Web any good? How about Untold Tales? Tangled Web's hot and cold. Untold Tales pretty solid all the way through. Gr, do you agree or? Uh, tang uh, I, I would say Tangled Web was mostly cold. Really? I mean, because Spider Spider Man's either not in it or only peripherally in it. Uh, issue number four of the Kingpin story is a, by Greg Rucka, although it's a classic. Yep. Uh, but I would not on the I would not recommend Tangled Web. I would recommend Untold Tales. I think Busiek did a great job yep. of maneuvering his stories within the uh, established Lee Ditko continuity. Uh, I like the art and the coloring because <laughs> it looks like Lee Ditko yep. down to that stupid blue suit. But the villains, the original villains, are very light. I, I get web spinners and Tangled Web confused. Tangled Web, I remember it started off with that that horrible, uh, the thousand. The thousand. That was awful. Just to start a book off with that, I thought that was bad. But uh, who has been your favorite Spider-Man writer this year? 
I, I've really liked the David Michelini back issues I've read. <laughs> I think what I'd probably I think go Wade, with DeFalco and Mackey. Oh, hmm? what? Yeah, DeFalco and Mackey been pretty good. Uh, what's your favorite Spider-Man story this year? American Son. Yeah. No surprise there. Was that the John Romita Jr.? Uh, no, that was the, um, I don't think he drew that. I don't no, it was Joe Kelly oh. and there were like five artists. Oh, that's right, that's <laughs> right. I'm confused. Okay, uh, are you optimistic or pessimistic for next year's Spidey stories? There's Morbius next year. I'm optimistic for now. <laughs> I'm always a glass half full guy, so I'm, I'm optimistic. So. Uh, Spidey Site UK, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. BD, what are your plans for the site for 2010? Uh, daily updates, more celebrity podcasts. Um, that's pretty much it. Trying to keep updated, etc. Uh, Kevin, what is your reaction to Green Lantern 42? I assume he means Green Lantern Core number 42, um, which is spoiler where Kyle Rayner died, my favorite comic book character. But uh, my reaction is he died in the middle in the middle of an event about bringing back the dead. <laughs> so I really don't think he's going to be gone for long. Okay, Stella, what do you think of New Moon? You know, this guy is the only one that doesn't make fun of me for liking that, <laughs> and I very much appreciate you. Um, let me say. <laughs> I don't make fun of you for it. I just don't talk about it because I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I th- it was much better than Twilight. Um, there were some things, you know, I had problems with. There was still some awkwardness, but it was. I thought the high school actors were much better. Jacob was a big plus. Um, seeing more Alice was a big plus. So it was. It was just much better, and that was. I was very concerned because that's my favorite of the four books. So. Okay, uh, Jr. What do you think of Norman's ro- role in the Marvel universe since Dark Reign began? Love it. Love it. My- Michael, what actor is your Clark Kent and Superman? My Clark Kent is George Reeves, and my Superman is Christopher Reeve. Uh, questions for everyone. Peter Parker, Spider-Man is one of the most intelligent men in the Marvel Universe, but do you think he's on par with people like Reed Richards, Hank Pym, and Tony Stark? No, no, and no. Is my opinion. No, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, Tony, I mean, Tony Stark, you know, built nanotechnology armor light years ahead of anything, and, and Reed Richards goes into the freaking negative zone. Right. I mean... Spider-Man built web shooters. <laughs> nice. What is ever? I, uh, oh, go ahead, Jerry. No, I was going to say I think Reed Richards is without a doubt the smartest man in the Marvel universe. I think I don't think Peter's on his intellectual level. I think that Peter might actually be on the intellectual level of the others, but he lacks the discipline. Um, and I think that being Spider-Man may have ex- may have accentuated that. But I think uh, he, while he may be an intellectual powerhouse, I don't think he has the discipline to. Uh, to, to, to do what, to accomplish what these guys have I done. I agree. What does everyone want from Spider-Man in 2010? Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> Four <laughs> issues in a row that I absolutely love. There you ah, go. Ah, that's a great answer. Consistent quality, jettisoning yeah. Michelle Gonzalez. How about, how about consistent art in an, an issue for heaven's sake? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what is, uh, is everyone excited for Smallville Absolute Justice? Hell yes. yes. Yeah. I am very, very nervous. Nervous. <laughs> I am. Jeff Johns writing the Justice Society. How can you go wrong, Bailey? <laughs> um, Gog wasn't to my liking, um, but 
I just have seen those pictures of Hawkman, and I keep thinking, God, I hope this looks better in motion. Because while the, the, the gauntlet and the stuff he's, like, wearing is okay, those wings are either going to be really good or really crap. Well, yeah, personally, I was just really surprised when I saw the pictures because I thought they would never even try to translate those you think, regular costumes. I thought they'd be wearing leather, but I thought the costumes looked great. Do you think Angel in X-Men 3 was crap? No, because yeah. that was... That was computer generated effects. Ah. These are these are wings that he's wearing. Okay. And I thought Doctor Fate looked good, except it looks like he's wearing dishpan gloves. <laughs> um, and Star Girl has like a monkey forehead, but other than that, they were great. Uh, Berserk Fury eight one nine uh, in Detroit. Kevin, if everyone on this podcast, I can't get over dishwasher hands. That's awesome. Uh, if everyone on this podcast was a member of the Lantern Corps, which one would they belong to, and why? Go ahead, Kev. Oh, God, I haven't given any thought to this. Um, let's see. JR would definitely be a Red Lantern for all his rage. Okay. Um, for Brad and people that don't know, there are seven colored lantern cores, each uh, motivated by different emotions. Okay, got it. Red Lanterns are rage. JR is a Red Lantern. <laughs> uh, Brad would definitely be a Blue Lantern, motivated by hope. Yes. Because he just always thinks the next issue is going to be better. Aww. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Stella, I think, I don't have any idea. Stella would, let's just go with the stereotype and say Stella would be a star sapphire. She enjoys her, her love and romance and all that. Uh, I was going to try to get away from the stereotype, but I couldn't come up with anything. And Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey. He's got some great Mike shit. Bailey would most definitely be a Green Lantern because he is on so many mother frickin' podcasts <laughs> and works so mother frickin' hard that he has got to have some willpower up the ass. <laughs> Aww, that was really nice. nice. I appreciate Kevin, that. what are you? Uh, I'm a Black Lantern. I died a few years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, BD will uh, putting on a green lantern ring on your scarlet spider make it stronger. I don't speak that language, sir. I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell that means. I, is it is it a small dick joke? I don't know what he. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a cock ring joke. <laughs> Lord. Hopefully no little kids are listening this month. Uh, for After the first uh, uh, part of this, how could they possibly still be here? All, Their parents have taken yeah, years away. How do you think this decade's for Spidey stacks up versus past? Uh, JR, you're, you've been around the longest. How does this decade stack up? All right, so you're in the same the, uh, place there with Crazy Chris, who <laughs> thinks that I'm going to die pretty soon. Uh, you got, you <laughs> got ten years on me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's that, that, you know, that's kind of a hard question to answer because to compare decades, decades have wild swing ebbs and flows within themselves. I mean, this decade in particular had probably one of the worst years ever with 2000 right after yep. the reboot. And then it had one more day, which in my mind is the worst Spider-Man story ever told. Um, so when you have those two bringing down the average, yeah, okay, I would. But see, I really like 2004. Since past and all, but I mean, I, I really thought that was a good year. Um, but I would say, the, you know, 2000 and the whole one more day, brand new day thing have brought down, brought it down. So I would say it's probably weaker than some of the other decades. Now, are you accounting the three movies that were released in this decade? Because that that was skyrocketing. 
his popularity. Wait a minute. I, I thought we were just talking about the comics. Oh, okay. We were talking about Spider-Man as a whole. Yeah, Spider-Man as a whole. I think this is one of the most successful oh, decades. Well, oh, well, as, as a whole, it's it's been a great decade. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact. I mean, uh, uh, the movies have just exploded uh, interest and uh, the merchandising. I remember. I, I remember when it was, you know, when I was a young kid, it was hard to find, you know, exactly. great stuff. Yeah. But uh, but now it's all over the place. So I mean, for the character, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's great. Uh, uh, for the comics, uh, I think it's below average. Yeah. Uh, let's see. FSU Spider fan says, if Spidey were to save Christmas, how would he do it? Kevin, you're the writer. How would he save Christmas? <laughs> um, shit. Um, let's see. If Christmas was in danger, because it's, it's all a matter of how it was in danger. Um, so let's see. Christmas is in danger. The Hypno Hustler uh, captured Christmas. Hypno Hustler <laughs> captured Christmas in his boogie woogie boombox. Yep. Uh, and so Spider-Man first goes around to all the smart people of the Marvel Universe to see if any of them can figure out a way to do it, and nobody can. So then, uh, a character who's not actually the devil appears to him. <laughs> And says, if you give up your roommate Michelle Gonzalez, I will save Christmas. And Spider-Man says, fuck yeah, save that Christmas, man. And, and then Michelle's never seen again. We all get Christmas, and everybody's happy. And then it's wrapped up in Web of Spider-Man 14. Uh, G- Damn. JR and somebody. <laughs> Who's somebody? Can we have a Norman meets the Grinch? I do not have the material for okay. it, now. Uh, Donald Mark, Arkham Asylum location. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Crawl Space Avengers. Uh, JR, good God, do an impression of you refusing to do an impression of Norman, doing an impression of Obadiah's day. <laughs> what? I don't get it. I don't it. either. I For don't. the gang, has there been any favorite comic book related media where Christmas was a center focus? For example, I like the new Batman Adventures adaption of Holiday Nights, the Justice League episode, Comfort and Joy, and of course, Spider-Man, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man Sinister Six episode that took place on Christmas Eve. Anybody? Um, if we're going just comic-related media in general, which is a pretty wide net, uh, there was a Christmas episode of Smallville that I really liked a couple of years Lex- ago that focused on, yeah, yeah, Lex Luthor, uh, kind of getting a vision of his future and everything looked all bright and happy and then of course it's Lex Luthor so it turns sour <laughs> and he comes, wakes back up and he's, uh, evil. <laughs> yeah, I remember but, that. Uh, I thought that was a really good episode. I quite liked it. Yep. Anybody else? I can't remember really, uh, I, I, I really like that, uh, that Batman episode that she mentions because it, it, um, it adapted a story where Harley and Ivy kidnap Bruce Wayne and make him use his credit cards to buy them all this kind of stuff. And Bruce just does this slow burn as he's fighting through the hypnosis yeah. and finally just snaps. <laughs> it was awesome. And I really like the uh, the Justice League one. Um, I'm actually a, a, a hot girl Green Lantern shipper, so that was sort of yes. pointing towards the direction that they were going. So I really enjoyed What's that one. What's a chipper? What does that mean? Shipper is like someone who really likes a fake relationship. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, any comic book character, good or bad, that you would give lumps of coal to? Uh, Steve Wacker? No, wait, that was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not a comic book character. Um, He's just the consumer. How about we give a lump of coal to the guy that was hooked on meth? What was his name? The Freak. Or was Bobby? Or was that last year? Sorry. How about to Michelle Gonzalez? Yeah, we all hate her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there she gets it. 
<laughs> Steve J. Rogers, Stella, what is your Christmas reading list? Um, I don't know if I have anything Christmas related. I do have to reread uh, my short stories of Flannery O'Connor. I'm in a, a book club with ladies that are like 10 to 20 years older than me, and I'm actually reading that one. Wow. So that's kind of the main thing I have to do before January. Kevin, what are your thoughts on Blackest Night series so far? Five issues in. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's been a it's been a really solid event so far. Jeff Johns, I, I pretty much always enjoy. I think most people know that at this point. So uh, he's been entertaining me. I haven't been reading a whole lot of the tie-ins, but the Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps tie-ins have been great. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Blackest Night Flash by Jeff Johns and Scott Collins. Uh, to the cast in general, he talks about how Jeff Johns is portraying Hal Jordan to the point where it's driven him from the series. Has there been a writer... Uh, on a brand new day or the clone saga that drove you from your favorite character based on the writer, what the way the writers have written them. Um, JR, has there been anybody that's ticked you off so much that you want to walk away? Uh, well, Denny O, excuse me, Denny O'Neill drove me from Amazing for a while, but I never really left the character because at that time, because Stern was writing Spectacular. Mm. And then I came back to Amazing when Stern came to Amazing. Uh, the Mackie-Byrne combo, yeah. first two years after the reboot, that nearly did it. If I wasn't writing my essays at the time, I, I would have dropped it because that, that was really awful. Yeah, I agree with Byrne. Um, anybody else? Anybody drawn you away? Okay. Uh, what's to anyone, uh, what's your, what Amazing Spider-Man arc would you like to see redone? I don't want to see anything redone. Let's go forward. This is, I didn't even agree. name the person. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is Noctis7493 from San Diego, California. San, oh, San Diego. <laughs> you punk that you wrote it that way. <laughs> uh, past or present, dead or alive, if you could create a dream all-star writer, artist, team, who would it be? JMS and Diodato. Okay. Bring them back. I want to I see Jeff Johns do Spider-Man because I want to hear... Uh, have something Kevin and I can and uh, talk about because my God, does <laughs> they, people just love Jeff Johns. I, I want to see. I uh, think Jer- oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. I think he's the best writer in comics right now. Honestly. Go ahead, Michael. Um, I would say I'd like to see Jerry Ordway get his hands on Spider-Man. Uh, what story arc storyline would you like to have featured on Spectacular Spider-Man: The Animated Series? Get some Morbius in there. Yeah. Um. Shocking. <laughs> I know. I like to keep it fresh. Well, they've done the. They've, <laughs> well, they've done the black suit. Um. I think. Th- I'm gonna. I'll just speak for Zach. Clone Saga. I think they have to kill Gwen Stacy eventually. <laughs> I'd rather they waited a while though, because I actually really like her. Yeah, she's pretty good on the show. Brad, should Greg, Greg Weissman and Victor Cook do a time skip episode arc or at least a movie for Spectacular Spider-Man? Yeah, I think so. Why not? Age the kid in his 20s and give him a deal with the devil. Uh, JR, oh what old school 80s, 70s, 60s Spider-Man arc would you like to see resurrected and possibly modernized? Well, this goes back to the uh, what amazing Spider-Man arc would you like to see done? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really want to see anything redone. I like, I like 
Marvel. I, I, the one reason I like Marvel over DC is because I feel like I'm reading one story, and I don't really want to see him redone or revisited, no. or you know, because that's a DC thing. That's one reason I don't like about DC is you know, like one you know one issue, Jason Todd is from a circus and has blonde hair, and then the next issue, all of a sudden, he's got black hair and he he was a punk who stole the Batmobile's tires. I mean, I don't like that. You know, I like and I like the anachronisms of the old story. I mean, I really mm-hmm. do. I really hate it when they reprint a story and they put in like Tom Selleck for Tony Curtis or Dukes of Hazard for Beverly Hillbillies. I just I like the anachronisms. Yeah. So anyway, no, I don't I don't want to see anything redone. Spider Pool two seventy nine from Maryland. Uh, Kevin and Jr. When are we getting spinoffs from you guys? Stella is giving us a podcast coming up. Bailey has a podcast. When are you guys branching out? He wants to know. A podcast. Oh, several podcasts. <laughs> I apologize. No, uh, I think like, what. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, was just, I think for me and JR, you get uh, side projects that aren't podcasts. I got uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space issues for you, and JR does his essays. And when he doesn't, if you've noticed on the board a few times, he's almost launched into an entire essay recently. So, yeah. Speaking of Stella, when do you ha- expect to have episode one of your podcast out? Um, I'm thinking probably the last week in December. So. Okay. Brad, how annoying is your new web host, and is the lower price worth it? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Just this week, I got everything up and running, so I'm reading the message board question, so it's working, so that's a good thing. Uh, good Lord, that's a big Mary Jane avatar. Uh, JGC from Montreal, Canada, to the gang, have you ever felt so disgusted with the state of Spider-Man comics that you considered dropping them at one point? We kind of hit that one earlier. Uh, P.S. Being from Montreal, I hope I'm more than willing to teach Spider Girl some French. Okay. Uh, Ooh la la. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is kind of Moving scary. on to extreme, any, yeah, okay. Extreme Spider in the heart of Marvel City, or as non-nerds call it, New York City. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. To everyone, have you seen Criminal Minds, and what are your thoughts? Nope. Have not seen Nope. It. Anybody watch Criminal nope. Minds? Nope. I, I don't, but my wife and daughter do, and they thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. So I always thought it was a little bit too graphic. I um, I preferred Law & Order. So. To Stella, have you read Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, or any of its sequels, such as Let the Circle Be Unbroken and The Road to Memphis and its prequels, The Well or The Land? Good Lord. What is this um, stuff? I know. I, I, they're actually children novels that were produced um, starting in 1977, and I've actually not um, read any of them. But when I was looking to research this question to see, like, see the cover and see if it would jog my memory, I was actually pretty shocked that um, the main characters are African American children, which I think at that time was um, probably really powerful. Um, because I mean, most of the main characters we see, like Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, are all Caucasian. So I, I think I'll actually look at this and see if I like. To them. Kevin, did you enjoy the Ninja Assassin? The screenwriter was JMS. You know, I I kept thinking I need to see it because Straczynski wrote it, but it's just, ooh, it looks so stupid. <laughs> and, and what what I keep the thing that actually happened with it is uh, JMS wasn't originally involved with it, but um, the Wachowski brothers are producing it, and they realized how incredibly stupid the script was, so they went to JMS to rewrite it for them. And JMS actually turned around to rewrite an entire completely new script in 52 hours. Um, but the thing I keep hearing from people that have seen it is it's entertaining enough action but the plot is just so stupid <laughs> so 
Uh, it doesn't sound like something I would enjoy, but I'll probably see it when it comes on demand or something. To JR, what did you think of Norman pulling the ID switcheroo and twisting Harry's ankle, then putting the goblin suit on him, then hiring the chameleon to pose as him on the Spectacular Spider-Man show? Well, I don't know. I know now how season two ended. I didn't r- see the rest of it. Great. Spoiler. <laughs> There's the spoilers. <laughs> yep. That's Norman for you. <laughs> So, Mike, can you fill in on what's happening on Smallville? All I've heard is the absolute justice to our TV movie with the Justice Society and has Metello heard. And can you fill me in on this codename Patriot? And is there any truth that the angels' blood from the X-Men heal people? Oh, wait a minute. That's a different one. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'll do this really quick. This season of Smallville, Clark has started embracing both sides of his uh, both fathers basically by training with Jarrell but also keeping the lessons that he's learned from Jer- from Jonathan he has fought Metallo he has fought the toy man for the first time uh, really him going up against the toy man uh, he has a he has adopted a costume of sorts which i think you know well, why don't you just go for it there a general zod or is not a general yet excuse me has uh, come to earth and he is trying to find who the other Kryptonian is. There was an episode with Jor-El uh, that Clark actually got to meet his own father. Uh, and there was an episode with the Wonder Twins, which was actually rather Yeah, good. I like that one. Uh, surprisingly. Uh, I thought it was going to be like kind of cheesy, but it, it, it was good. And in that episode with, uh, with Zan and Jaina, for the first time, Tom Welling spoke and acted like Superman. Yep. I mean, he, he delivered his lines. It was like he was channeling Christopher Reeve. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I have my same issues that I always have with Smallville, but for what it is, it's not too bad. Uh, Codename Patriot was supposed to be like this big, huge storyline, and it really just served as kind of like a, hey, a bump in the Superman books. Uh, it was, you know, basically a, Kryptonian was working with General Lane, and that was kind of exposed, and Superman put on his costume. Yay. Still a nerd for everyone. What is your reaction to Joe Joe (coughs) Fusato's latest comment about what could be in store for Mary Jane next year with Mary Jane with a baby remark? If I may, I've actually prepared a performance piece. Oh, wow. Go ahead. (laughs) Go, girl. Okay. MJ's pregger, she's got a bun in the oven. Nobody wrote that she was dating McLovin. Will we find out before she... Oh, shoot. Who's the baby daddy? That's what we all want to know. Will we find out before she goes on the Geraldo Rivera show? Let's get a pat test and pluck some hairs before the brain trust comes in and says the baby's theirs. Is it Peter Parker's? No way, no how. His Spidey Jr.'s not been tingling since we were last heard cats meow. Flash Thompson? Now there's a possibility. He still gets it up, even with a disability. Please consult your doctor before taking Viagra. But my guess is that the father's Bobby Carr. That drug-taking mofo was a creeper by far. So let's give it up to Marvel for giving us a winner. That's spelled W-I-E-N-E-R. Boy, I wish I had a dad like Bobby Carr. Bubba Moose out. Wow. <laughs> Dear Lord. I love it. Uh, to the gang. Do we want to discuss that one? I, I think it's going to be, she's going to raise Lily Hollister's Osborne kid. Or be, I don't care. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. I, I, I give as much credibility to any of Joe Casada's comments as I do when my wife leaves the house and says she won't spend much money. <laughs> I pay about as much. 
I, I give both of them the same amount of credit. <laughs> well, so. I mean, do, does he just try to tick us off? I mean, is that what he does? I mean, he he's trying to whip up stuff like this. Let's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he wants. He wants to All he said was Mary Jane baby. Yeah. Mary Jane baby. That is all he said. It could mean anything anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, this one is. Uh, going around, uh, the rumor mill is about uh, Anne Hathaway possibly playing Felicia Hardy, only not the black cat. However, someone called the Vultureess. Now, what do you guys think of that piece of turd crap? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think of it, Brad? God, really? I mean, that's just the worst, <laughs> worst idea ever, in my I hope it's a rumor. It's got I mean, be that's just so out there that I hope it's not true. I actually know who I want to play the black cat. Who's that? I was watching uh, DirecTV. They had it because DirecTV has these funny ads where they have like either a music video or a movie where you see the scene and then suddenly one of the actors starts talking to you about DirecTV. Mm-hmm. And they had this. I don't know what the song is, but it's got Christina Aguilera dressed kind of in a Catwoman costume. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I've seen that. Works. I've seen that. Yeah. You know, she's You're assuming got, she can she's act, though. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we assumed Madonna can act, and they gave her a <laughs> chance, so I think Christina deserves her shot. <laughs> I mean, do you think that the the powers that be are so scared of the Halle Berry Catwoman movie that they're going to be like, no, we can't do a cat in a, as a villain again? No, I think one has very little to do with the yeah. other. Jr., what do you think of the Vulturess? Well, you know, to be honest, I mean, we're co- we're commenting on on a, on a rumor, and I don't really. I'd rather wait and see if it actually happens. Kev, um, God, no. Yeah, I agree. Stella, <laughs> yeah, I would be very unhappy. Uh, question for Stella: What do you think? Who would win in a battle of the emos with Romeo of the House of Montague as the Montague? Montague. <laughs> And I thought I was Shakespeare illiterate. Uh, dis- distracted by Toby Maguire shaking his pelvis. As the referee, the symbiote infected jazz talking god awful dance machine of Peter Parker from Spider Man three, or the vegetarian sparkling Bella has my manhood in a testicle lockbox, Edward Cullen from Twilight. I'll go with uh testicle lockbox. Four hundred Bertoni. Uh Persian Spider Iran. Uh, BD, what's your the worst Spider-Man video game you've ever played? Why? Um, you know that one with uh, I played on the Commodore 64 where Spider-Man was like three pixels, and, and you had to, to had to move them, had to walk Spider-Man up and down. It was like a Mario Brothers with no fun. Uh, no, I take that back. I take that back. That one wasn't as bad as the NES version of Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. That one was horrible. The graphics were horrible. It was very hard and unenjoyable. I'll go with that one. JR, since you love the Green Goblin so much, what do you think about the final episode? Well, he, JR, you don't watch Spec Spidey, do you? Uh, well, I did see that episode. Oh, oh, though. Uh, I, I did. I, I did want to comment though that yes, while I do love the Green Goblin, uh, I have standards, and so sometimes I make him dress up as Gwen, uh, <laughs> just to kind of spice things up. But anyway, uh, oh, it was God. always logical. <laughs> yeah, it was always logical for him to be the Goblin, and Spider Man was kind of a stupid to believe that Harry would ever have been the Goblin. So, uh, his next question though, do you think that this is the best portrayal of Norman outside the comics? Uh, 
you know, my, I mean, I like the idea that they didn't go with the amnesia thing, but I, I like Willem Dafoe as, as Norman Osborn. I mean, he's just so creepy. Even when he's trying to be yeah. nice, he's creepy. You know, he could... He could go up to, you know, like he could, he could watch Brad's interview with the ice cream man or something and uh, go, oh, boy, Mr. Douglas, I really like that ice cream show that you did. <laughs> you know how, but because I have to stay in shape, I can't eat ice cream much. Do you know how much I sacrifice? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and then your response would be, well, thank you, Mr. Defoe. Don't kill me. Uh, but no, I mean, I just, Ah, uh, what the hell? I don't even know what the hell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to Kevin, do you think Jeff Johns can write a good Spidey comic? I think we know the answer to that. I think Jeff Johns can write a good comic, period. Tabula Rasa uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What's your favorite or your least favorite Spider-Man issue? Amazing Spider-Man issue. <sighs> I really don't hit... 605. I, uh, oh, yeah. Was that the Cupid? Yeah. That's in recent memory. Sorry. No, no, I take that back. The Zeb Wells piece of shit in the snow. Okay, uh, Kevin, what do you think is the best ASM issue so far in 09? Uh, I think that would definitely be number 583, still the uh, Mark Waden, Barry Kitson, Betty Brandt issue. I love that one. JR, if Marvel gave, gives Norman a rest after the siege, how long do you think it will be until he comes back as a main villain? Oh, I think as a Spider Man villain, we'll see him within a couple of years. It depends on how much they. Whether they defeat him or totally discredit him, whether he'll be a factor in the Marvel Universe as a whole again. So that that I don't know. Stella, who's the best Robin, Dick, Tim, or Jason? I would say Tim. Michael, who is the best, uh, better billion-dollar mastermind, Luthor, Kingpin, or Bruce Wayne? Luthor. Uh, Scooter, Chicago, Illinois, to everyone except Kevin. Ha ha, Kevin. Uh, if you woke up tomorrow morning and discovered you were Steve Wacker, ah, then went to work and was told by Joey Q that you could do anything you wanted with Spider-Man except hire Kevin Cushing to write it. What direction would you take the book? Who would you hire to work on it? Writers and artists, would it continue being one title or go back to three? Whew. Bailey, hit that one. Okay, what was that? I, lo- I lost like my own it. <laughs> hit, hit it like it owes you money. Right, just a second to... Sorry. If you welcome tomorrow to discover Steve Walker, they want to do here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> First of all, why am I in a Kirk Cameron movie? Yeah, sorry. Um, I would... Well, I would hire Kevin to write it, but I guess I can't use that. No, I, 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 I would, I would slowly and organically take it away from what's going on right now. I would not have a just flat out boom. You know, it was all a dream. Everyone wakes up and it's all back. But I would, you know, start a six month storyline where basically Mephisto's plans become unraveled. Mm-hmm. And it returns back to where it was left right after, right before Brand New Day, but Spider-Man's identity is not public anymore. Yeah. And that would be like the one thing that, uh, that people w- would not remember. I, you know, as far as artists and writers, I would get somebody who has never written Spider-Man before. I would and team them with somebody who is a veteran Spider-Man writer and have them kind of 
be the brain trust where it's only two voices in the room and the editor instead of five. And uh, unfortunately, you know, and for the older writer, I, I would get either Tom DeFalco or Roger Stern. Yeah. And I would, uh, you know, you're not going to woo Jeff Johns away from from uh, from DC right now. But heck, just get get a new voice in there. You know, get somebody who 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 is not who is new to comics and has an enthusiasm for the character. And just get somebody that can draw the character. Yeah. I mean, you know, keep Barry Kitson. <laughs> Love Barry Kitson. You know? His other questions to Kevin: If you you were assigned the book, would you write it with the criteria that you currently have? That's that's actually a very different question. Um, <laughs> his question was: If I was to do twelve issues a year, I had to do it in the current continuity. Had to kill Carly and move MJ back to LA and make Michelle a greater role. Oh. And Chris Pachello is the artist. What would I do? You'd take it. Um, You'd take it. I, yeah, yeah, I would do it. Um, but I think if, if I was told I had to kill Carly, I would probably take a full twelve issues to do the greatest long, <laughs> drawn-out Carly story where she dies at the end in the most emotional moment you've ever seen in a Spider-Man comic. I would try to make Michelle uh, actually giving Michelle a greater role would make it a little bit easy to make her more likable. I would try to make her a character instead of a caricature. Um, if I could work towards undoing one more day, I would probably make Michelle Mephisto, but apparently I'm not allowed to actually undo one more day. <laughs> Um, I would give Harry a greater. <laughs> I would give Harry a greater uh, role. He's had there have been a couple of writers, a couple of stories that have given him a very large supporting role, but then other stories and writers, he's not there at all. I'd give him more of a consistent, ongoing supporting role uh, to develop him a bit more, and of course, all kinds of other things that uh, I would have to come up with at the time. But okay, uh, let's see. Uh, we have a new poster, two one six Mike. Uh, first time posting, but been a pe- podcast listener for a while. Thank you, sir. Uh, what's your fa- favorite Spider-Man cover of 2009? I gotta go ASM 601, uh, Campbell. I like that cover. Did you just say 2009? I think it's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just strange. I've always heard 2009. I've never heard anybody say 2009. ASM 601's my answer. Kevin, what do you got? Uh, my favorite cover of the year yeah. would probably have to be, uh, it was one of those Joe Casada covers for the 24-7 arc. I think it was the second one where uh, he's got a cup of coffee. That's a good one. Uh, they got the guy dangling down. That was really good. Yep. Anybody else? Got one that stands out? The Romita Jr. 600. Mm-hmm. Love that cover. JR? Uh, no, I really don't have one off the top of my Stella? head. Stella? To be honest. I'll agree with my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Spider-Man artist this year, and whose art did you dislike the most? Well, we all agree on 611, I think, is our dislike the most. Um, no, my dislike the most would be the backup for 612. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'll dislike that a lot more. Je, my favorite, John Romita Jr., I like a lot. Mike McCone, I like a lot. Mine's Barry Kitson, hands down. Yeah, he's good. No contest. Uh, Greg XB from Los Angeles with season two of Spec Spidey over. What did you all think of it? I haven't finished watching all of it. Anybody else? I thought it was wonderful, especially sort of Gwen coming into her own and just that last scene. Um, I won't spoil it, but the last scene, you know where it is, is really powerful between those three kids. So, uh, JR, who do you think Norman's secret weapon is? 
I'm assuming he's talking about uh, this, the the cabal, and uh, I really don't know. Yep. I don't have an idea. Okay. Um, considering Norman is the big bad of Siege, do you think Spidey will rise up to take him down, or do you think he's going to be overshadowed in favor of Cap Iron and Thor? He's going he's gonna to be overshadowed because the whole gist of this is going to be the reunion of the original Avengers. Yep. So, uh, Bertoni, what was the hardest Jeopardy question asked? It was when I had to ask three parts and had to <laughs> had to pee in a cup. I didn't like that part. And uh, and um, tied with how many word balloons? There. Word balloons <laughs> was wrong. <laughs> Uh, uh, Carnage Rules 9 from Indiana. Uh, Nevada is how you say his town because there's a Nevada in Missouri. How long does it usually take from the time you get your Spider-Man comic books to the time you read them? I'd say about a week turnaround for me. About you guys. Uh, it depends for me. I usually just take them to work and start reading them. I read them first thing because of the podcast. But, man, this time... I just started them and didn't have much desire, and I didn't end up reading uh, 6.13 until right before this podcast. Wow. JR? I try to I try to read them the night I get them, after everybody else goes to bed. So Stella? Um, sometimes I dread them more than other times, um, but I usually do it um, the day or two before the podcast, just so it's really fresh in my mind. And Bailey? When I find the time, uh, it, could, it could be a couple days, it could be a week, it could be two weeks. It's just one of the sad byproducts of my losing interest in, in, in general in, in the new stuff is that I uh, I don't tackle the books right after I get them like I used to. There was a time when I got my comics, they were read that freaking day yeah. or the next day. And now it's just like I have a month and a half of Superman sitting there waiting for me to read. Wow. Ah, last question from Mr. Scooter in Chicago is aiming for me. Uh, Brad, in 2008, almost half of the Crawl Space episodes were interviews with creators, but in 2009, only six of the 32 so far have been interviews. The last one was in September. Are there any new interviews being lined up? There are a lot of people out there like uh, Jerry Conway, Blake Bell. Who's Blake Bell? I think he's the Ditko expert or something. Isn't huh, I don't know who Blake Bell is. Uh, Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, etc. Who you guys have not talked to? Uh, well, I think, sir, in 2009 I had Stan Lee. Enough said. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, the, the creator interviews, uh, for instance, it, it, those, if I get some extra time at the at, in my work schedule, and my home schedule, I can work in some celebrity interviews. Um, expecting a new baby this year, I would expect that the numbers would be probably about the same or if not less. Because I, I, I have two shows that I put out with these guys, and that's more adding a celebrity interview on top of it is even more work. So uh, I try to get them when I can. I know I'd like to interview Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, and Jerry Conway, but uh, uh, it's just a matter of time. So hopefully we'll have some celebrities. But this past year, I think we knocked it out of the park with Stan Lee and Sal Buscema right off the top. And uh, having Greg Weissman and um, Josh Keaton this year. And we had Howard Mackey and we had Tom DeFalco, etc. So we had a lot of good celebrities this year and we'll probably have some more. So that wraps up our Christmas show. Gang, you have been on the line longer than I ever expected you guys to be. And I appreciate it. And I, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. And I hope you get a lot of Spider-Man goodies, and we'll talk about them in January. 
And that wraps up our last show for December. Now, before I go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting us all year. And they have a great deal this month on the Spider-Man Complete Clone Saga Volume 1 trade paperback. The cover price is 35 bucks. Mail order has it for $21, which is 38% off the cover. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, I want to thank you so much for listening this whole year. We've grown leaps and bounds, and I hope 2010 is just as much fun, because I really enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy listening. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. See you on the website. Thank you.